Hello, everybody. This is Jonas Bordeaux, CEO of Dwellsy, and I'd like to welcome you to Rent Matters. Today, we have the amazing Gary Sahoda on the call with us. Gary, welcome. Hey, welcome. Thank you so much, Jonas. Really appreciate that. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. I, I hear through the grapevine that this is your fifth rental search in five years that you're in the midst of right now. Is that the truth? That is true. Yeah. Um, basically, one a year for every year. <laughs> that is super impressive. Well, how's it going? It's been chaotic, to say the least. I mean, I feel like with nowadays, um, the inventory out there is a lot higher, especially in the Bay Area, given mm -hmm. a lot of folks have moved out. But um, choosing a place and finding the right place has not gotten easier by any means. It's still a whole combination of different things from, you know, looking for the right location, you know, trying to predict what the world's going to look like in a year to make sure, you know, you're in the right place at the right time. Um, there's a whole host of things going on. Yeah. Chaos is right. I feel like that's uh, what everybody's wrestling with in the space right now. It's difficult for everyone. You know, as you're seeing more inventory, you know, what does that mean for you? Does that mean a lot more to choose from? Is that is that actually translating through to your experience? Yeah. So I think it's a mixed bag. So I, it really depends on um, the type of place you're looking for. So I live with my younger brother and a third roommate who was my younger brother's college best friend. And so uh, you know, finding places for us has always been a struggle. And so for the last five years, I would say four of them were with uh, three people. So three people mm -hmm. total in the in the unit. And so when, when we've been looking, like our criteria is very specific, right? Like we don't want to share a room. Most of us are not willing to share bathrooms either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, um, you know, imagine finding a three bedroom, three bathroom in the Bay Area is virtually yeah. possible. And so yeah. concessions have to be made, right? Like we have to Somebody has to give up a parking spot or someone has to share a bathroom or maybe the living room's not too big. And so we certainly have way more units available to us now than ever before in the sense of being able to go look for places to live. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all desirable locations. Like some might be too far away when the world opens up, just anticipating traffic. Others might be too old and might not have the modern amenities like AC or you know, ceiling lights or something like that as well. And so finding the right place is arguably just as difficult, but we we are having a better time at least being able to weigh out our pros and cons and feel like we don't have the pressure of having to jump immediately and make a decision within 10 minutes. We can probably take a few days now, if that makes sense. Oh, that that's an incredible point, And that makes a huge difference. There's nothing worse in, in the search than feeling like if the place is good enough, you have to jump on it and you can't wait for the, the place that really feels like the right one for you. So that's something, at least in the midst of the challenge. A three bedroom place with three bathrooms. I, I feel like that's like looking for a unicorn. That's that's hard to find. <laughs> It really is. So, you know, it's funny. Um, I, before moving to the Bay Area, actually lived in San Diego and I was doing my MBA out there. And so uh, when I decided to move out here, my two roommates, different ones at the time, uh, and I, they lived in Seattle and I was in San Diego and we had never lived in the Bay Area before. And so all of us had never, like, never really lived under the same roof. We never really knew uh, what our cleanliness standards were going to be or anything either. And so actually crazy enough, this is back in 2015 now, we were looking for places and sure enough, we found a three bed, three bath in San Jose, like Eastern San Jose. Um, and so, you know, we found something out there. It was about 45 minutes away from where we were going to be working, but it had three car or it had three parking spots dedicated to it. Like it basically had everything that we needed to be able to live there. And the price was pretty affordable back then as well. But we signed within, I think, 24 hours of finding the place. 
just because of how quickly those units were going, right? And, you know, fast forward to a couple of years later, when I was looking again, so I lived with the same people for two years in the same complex, but different units. And then my third year, I lived with just one other person, which made it a lot easier to find. And we moved up to Redwood City at the time. Then looking again, when my brother came back into the fold and wanted to move in with me, three bedrooms now are basically impossible. Like we had to switch our shift from looking for like a traditional apartment to like a townhouse to maybe even just renting a full-fledged house. And pre COVID, those were, you know, an arm and a leg. Yeah, to say the least. It does seem like there's more of those available. Are you seeing houses available in the Bay Area on the market now? Yeah, actually. So by trade, I have a data science background and I've been looking at the trends uh, over the last few months. You know, it's interesting to say the least, uh, specifically in the East Bay, if you look at anywhere from like Fremont up to like Oakland, what I've seen is that houses have been going out for rent and been listed on websites like Zillow or in Dwalsi, I've seen a few that they, they've been there for a minute, like maybe a couple of months. And then eventually the owner just gets so frustrated, they put them up for sale. So like I've seen inventory decrease that like I was looking at a week or two ago. It's not that the unit's now been taken. It's just that the owner is no longer wanting to rent and they're just looking to sell off the place because it might've been a second investment for them or something. Right. Uh, that's obviously frustrating when you're trying to look for a place and stuff's disappearing. Yeah, it's really interesting market dynamics right now with just prices for places seemingly in the suburbs holding up really well or even increasing in, in the midst of COVID. I, I wouldn't have expected that, but we are seeing rents coming down. Are you seeing rents coming down? Is that something you're noticing in your search? Oh yeah, absolutely. Funny enough, my landlord here is so terrified of giving up us as tenants. Like, you know, we've paid consistently rent, like we've gotten, we're, we're pretty handy as well. So like we can fix any repairs ourselves and we have a really great relationship with him. And he's so willing to keep us that he's offered to cut our rent by 40%. 40%, four zero. Four zero, 40%, wow. yeah. And just for the sake of not having to have a vacant unit on the market in a place where right now there's not many people living. Like I live in North Sunnyvale and I live super close to Google campus and Microsoft and Amazon and nobody's here, right? They're all working from home and will be for the next six to nine months. Wow, 40%. That's like a new, you know, I've, I've heard 20% pretty frequently. That is the first time I'm hearing 40%. That is an amazing cut. That's That's got to keep you thinking hard about living there still. <laughs> It really is. It really is. And I think, um, you know, I think we're in a unique situation where we've gotten that because of the great relationship we have with our landlords. And, you know, we're, we're very respectable tenants in that regard. I think the same units I was looking at last year or the year before, I, I see that same consistent 20, 25, 15% cuts across the board no matter where you're looking. And and it does make us think like, do we want to keep living here? And obviously like that's something we have to consider. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's a great reminder to all our listeners that, you know, rent is negotiable. You never get what you don't ask for. Uh, so, you know, have that conversation. If you like the place you're in and you want to stick around for another year, uh, have the conversation with the landlord and see, you know, what he or she would, would be willing to do in terms of an adjustment right now. We're in the middle of some crazy times and there's different things happening in every city across the country, but that's a, that's a really great outcome for you, Gary. And I hope that's a great place or maybe you find something that's even better for you as you're looking right now. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so I'm curious, you mentioned that you're a data scientist. Um, you know, what do you think a data scientist has on their, uh, you know, on their side versus, uh, you know, regular humans like the rest of us as we're going about searching, you know, any kind of data science secrets that you bring to the search? 
Yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, the couple of tips that I've given even some of my friends, close friends, is find a way to compare units without being biased. And so what I mean by that is a consistent thing that me and my roommates will do is we'll start up a Excel file or a Google sheet or some sort of like a spreadsheet and have every unit that we're interested in listed there. And we'll have certain things we factor in, like how many rooms do you get? You know, how many parking spots are available? How far? from a time distance perspective is this particular unit from all of our work. And and we just, you know, lay those out and maybe, maybe we have like five, six columns of, of different factors that we'll consider. At the end, most importantly is the price. That's also a big factor for us. It's quite simply, we just weigh out the pros and cons. And so we, you know, we like certain units for their, you know, spaciousness. They might be 900 square feet or 1100 square feet. And we like others because they come with three reserved parking spots. And so uh, what I encourage anyone listening is figure out what matters most to you, the things that you're not willing to compromise on, and make sure that those get the heaviest weight when evaluating the different units. And then the things you're flexible on, you know, really truly weigh those out. And you'd be surprised how just seeing 10 units in a spreadsheet quantifiably justified for what they have provide and what they bring to the table makes the decision a lot easier. And so it, it doesn't take hardcore data science to figure that out. It's just a matter of, okay, well, these are the pros, these are the cons, and this is what I'm willing to live with. So I think that's a great strategy and, and makes a ton of sense for a lot of folks out there. I'm curious how you balance wanting to do that and compare available units with the reality that a lot of them are kind of coming on the market, going off the market pretty regularly. Is that something that you just have to keep a running running sheet where you're keeping track of all of those? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. So one of the criteria that we capture is the link. And so my roommates and I will actually have uh, not a daily, but like an every other day type meeting for like 30 minutes while we're having dinner together and um, just sit down we'll open up the spreadsheet and click on the links and any link that is still valid and still available you know usually a lot of these units are now available on some sort of a website right to at least check that or see availability and if we still see the availability you know we'll still factor them in and anything we don't we we remove and so usually of those 30 minutes first five ten are sitting just getting a refresher of the pictures and seeing what units are still available and then we spend about 15 minutes del deliberating. Uh, do we want to check these out? Do we want to schedule a showing? Uh, and then the last 10 or so minutes is, okay, well, what did we learn from this? And what should we look for next? And then we'll spend the next day or so looking for those and adding those in individually. Yeah. No, that, that, that makes a ton of sense. So I'm curious because one of the things I've noticed in, in my years in the space is that a lot of times people will go into it saying, you know, I, this is my price point and I need a three bedroom and I want it to have three parking spots and, you know, all the kind of things you're talking about. And then they'll end up renting someplace because it has an amazing view, even though it doesn't mean a bunch of the other things. You know, how do you factor in those kinds of details where it's like, it's right next to my favorite restaurant? Well, I guess back when restaurants were a thing, pre-COVID. Um, you know, how do you factor in all of those kind of idiosyncratic, unique aspects in the midst of doing the kind of analysis that you're talking about? That's actually a great point. And I've had that happen a few instances, in particular, this townhouse that we're renting right now, like just so happened to be right close to a VTA station. And that wasn't something like all, all three of us are not used to taking public transportation, but we saw that and it was like, oh, wow, that's like a really nice perk to have. And it's walking distance to a grocery store. For those types of things, you know, every time I've looked, I, I really truly believe that the unit tries to sell itself. I the, the way I've approached renting is never me trying to sell myself on taking this place. Because no matter what, inventory churns so quickly, like you'll find another unit at some point. Don't try to sell yourself something on something that's maybe you're wishy-washy about. Really have the place try to sell itself to you. 
and and there's going to be something that sells itself to you. And so I think it just comes down to, well, what is it that you want? You know, some people value that. Some people value the view and they think that's going to be helpful for their mental sanity during times of COVID, right? It helps to have a nice place to walk around or a park to go to. I would say account for as much as you can. And, and the things that are more qualitative in nature, like a view or a restaurant or things like that, you just have to really just do a gut check on. You know, when I was doing my MBA, there was a concept in our negotiations class called the BATNA, the best alternative to the negotiated agreement. And and strictly what that means is, hey, if you don't take this place, what's your best alternative? You know, what what else can you get? If you're willing to live without this, or if you're willing to walk away from this, what is the best case scenario, you know, after this? And so I think now more than ever, there's a lot of other possibilities and things change way more frequently now than ever before. But you'll never know until you find the place or until you go to the place, because even pictures can be deceiving. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. The pictures can be fabulous. So, you know, I, I love that you brought up BATNA and like negotiation techniques and that sort of thing. You know, one of the most important things I feel like for finding a place is, is having that backup plan and that kind of flexibility to be able to walk away if a place isn't quite right. How, how have you protected that for your search? Basically, every time we're looking for a different place, it, it comes down to where we live right now. Right now, as I mentioned earlier, I have my landlord pleading to us, you know, to stay. And so that's our best alternative. That's, you know, if push come to shove, we'll just renew a one-year lease with him here and we'll figure out things from there. And so that's something to keep in mind. Like, you know, I, I do think that we're in an advantageous point in time where prior to this time around, I've always had an instance where if I was to stay, uh, my renegotiated lease price was way higher. Like it was probably 5% higher or like 3% higher. And they just try to do a rent increase every time, wanting to stay a lot less desirable. But that's what you have. When you're looking at new places, if the place costs more than where you currently live, even after the price increase, is it worth going to? What, what is it better there than, than what you have right now? Because there are inherent costs of moving, including having to pack your stuff, having to change your lifestyle. There's a whole host of things that will have to change. And there's all kinds of hidden costs there. And so never worth double, you know, double checking, can I just stay here? And that's where negotiating with your landlord might actually play out. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's great counsel. Shifting a little bit, you mentioned moving. I have to guess if you've done five searches in five years, you got to be a moving expert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have done the the move in everything from a pickup truck, my four-door sedan, to an SUV and renting U-Hauls. And so I've done it all. I've tried everything. It's honestly a science at this point, how I can move my stuff because I know exactly how to do it. <laughs> That's fabulous. So exactly how do you do it? Is it, you know, what are the, what are the tips? So I think start with the bulky items. You'd be surprised how the room looks very full, but a lot of the room's content is just small things like tchotchkes that you have lying around or things you've, uh, you know, collected over the last year or, or two years that you've been living there that you didn't even realize you had. The way I do it is I, I try to disassemble any furniture I have at least get all my big bulky items in one side of the room and then focus on the small things, putting them in boxes. I, at this point, I love Jenga. I think I have like a desire to, to want to Jenga everything into a box perfectly. But once you've moved the bulky stuff off to the side, start with two boxes, limit yourself and just start putting things in there. And what I've found is that the more boxes you, you build for yourself, the more you're going to fill. And so really just try to focus and, and constrain yourself to one or two and then start that third or fourth if you absolutely need to. And you'd be surprised how much you can fit in a box. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true. Boxes are surprisingly spacious if you're thoughtful about them. And uh, yeah, keeping your stuff trimmed. I always, my mom, my mom always said that, uh, 
if you could move in a taxi, you had the right amount of stuff. I know it's like, you know, Uber and Lyft these days, but you know, nonetheless, the concept's the same thing, right? I, I'm not moving in a taxi anymore, unfortunately, but good for you. It sounds like you're, you're living leaner than I am. What about uh, rental life, you know, making the most of the place you're in? You've already shared one amazing tip, which is, you know, build a great relationship with your, with your landlord. We had a, an earlier guest who talked about that same thing and the importance of that. What else would you suggest? I think it also really matters who you live with, uh, regardless of if they're a significant other, your children, you know, your best friend or your brother. It really depends on how you as, you know, co-inhabitants of the space want to treat the space. Because I've seen instances where tenants like my friends or others that are renting will treat the space as if it's someone else's. And that inherently leads to problematic situations, whether it's stains on the carpet or inoperable machinery or something like a dishwasher is not working or something. And what I recommend is if you can set the cadence of, okay, I'm going to clean the dishes on this day. I'm going to take out the trash on this day. We're all going to do a house cleaning. We're going to rotate responsibilities for chores. And if something breaks or if something's not working properly, we let each other know so that we don't make it worse. And then we can work on either fixing it or getting someone else to fix it for us. That type of just ownership of, hey, this place is my home and I need to respect it and treat it as if I own it goes a long way because you know your landlords will see that. They'll appreciate that as well. And that just leads to an overall better living situation. You know, I'm someone that's pretty clean and, and so are, thankfully are my roommates. I've seen instances where the roommates are not clean, but they have one very strict rule. And that is that if any appliance breaks, we are gonna get that fixed immediately because they know that those are the things that stick around and and they don't want the landlord to come in, you know, nine months later and be surprised because something's not working and we never informed them of it. And, and that goes a long way from negotiating power in the future to also just living in a better space. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, that's great counsel for our listeners, you know, just really treating it like your own home has a ton of different benefits. Uh, it keeps the landlord happy. It also, you know, keeps your home in great shape. And a lot of those things you're not responsible for, the landlord's responsible for to them to to keep them up. It's a great thing to remember that you have a lot of agency as the uh, resident of that home, that apartment, to make sure the place is in great shape. Well, Gary, this has been fabulous. I, I really appreciate all your guidance. Uh, it's not very often we get to talk to a real bona fide data scientist about how to do a search in a scientific way. So I really appreciate your insights on everything to do with renting. It's been wonderful. Thank you for your time. This has been Jonas Bordeaux from Dwellsy with Rent Matters. I hope you've enjoyed our show today. Thank you to Gary for joining us. Thank you to Lena Stevens, our rock star intern who does an amazing job on production. Thank you to Gloria Tells for music. And last but certainly not least, please make sure to hit the subscribe button and to leave us a review so that other renters can find this podcast. Have a great day and happy renting.